before we started, 10 minutes before we started, the, the computer went down. And again, it's those people behind the curtain that are heroes in serving. Thank you again. <clears throat> it is a privilege and honor to be here, right here, with this body of Christ. I was here three years ago, and um, this church had sent us with love, prayer, and just right there is a, is a proof how the body of Christ works together. It's because of your faithfulness and your love for Christ that there is church in Croatia right now, which is amazing. But today we'll be in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 8 to 15. Book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 8 to 15. The title of today's sermon is, By the Word of God Through the Voice of Men. By the Word of God Through the Voice of Men. Let me pray. Dear Lord, dear God, I, I pray for every single soul in this room right now. I pray that you quiet down all the voices that we brought with us here today, the challenges, the struggles. Lord Jesus, I pray for a quiet moment in each one of these souls so we can hear you because we need you, Lord. We are desperate for you, God. So I pray for Holy Spirit, Lord, you lead us tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. According to the Greek historian books, 490 before Christ, Athens, Greece, a man running from town called Meriton, Greece, enters the Greek Senate, interrupts the session, and delivers three words that change Greek and European history. Joy, we won. And then he dies. This man was running for 22 miles with no rest, break, or stop. And he was carrying the good news of Greek military victory over the mighty Persian army which invaded Greece and Europe. In the town of Meriton today, you can find the sculpture dedicated to this man, and of course, uh, Long Race got named by it, Meriton Racing. But today we'll be talking about different kind of message, different kind of good news. The good news of a victory that had affected and changed the world for eternity. We will talk about the news that has direct impact in our communities, towns, families, neighborhoods, today. This news still needs to be proclaimed to the broken and invaded world around us. The world around us is invaded by evil, the sin, 
and it's still waiting for the liberation and freedom we enjoy right here, right now. Let's read Romans chapter 10, 8 to 15. God's word says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Amen. Little background story of Book of Romans. The Apostle Paul is the writer, and he's writing this letter to the church in Rome. He has never met these people. He heard of them. He heard of their faith. He's encouraged by their faith. The church in Rome was started by Jewish immigrants living in Rome. They had probably heard the gospel at the Pentecost in the Acts 2. And now they are living in the center of the universe, of the world at that time. They are living in the city of Rome. The power of gospel had worked through them and the church was planted. God had planted church in the darkest city of that time. City of Rome. Paul, who had never met this church or believers, is writing this letter to introduce himself and his ministry before he would meet him. And he's encouraged of how God is saving souls all over the world. In this section, in chapter 10, Paul is reminding all of them and all of us of the gospel message. Salvation through faith in Christ alone. And then, he explains how God uses people to continue to proclaim the good news. Main theme of today's message. If you could shorten it, it would be this. Through ordinary people who live and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, God brings the hope, joy, and new life to the lost souls. Through ordinary people who live and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, God brings the hope, joy, and new life to the lost souls. We have two main points today. 
Point number one, gospel, only way of salvation. Verses 8 to 13, gospel, only way of salvation. Point number two, the amazing privilege. The amazing privilege, dear church. Point number one, the only way of salvation. In the text we see here, there are two very important things that Paul is pointing three times in these verses, 8 to 10. By mouth and heart. By mouth and heart. By mouth, he's referring to what comes of it, what comes out of it, our words. And by heart, he's referring to our beliefs, what we believe in. What do we put our trust in? But here, Paul is especially focused on how one sinner can receive the gospel message in his life and receive eternal life. That's the focus. In these verses, he repeats that with our mouth we confess and with our heart we believe. What? What do we believe, church? What do we believe? We believe in the gospel. That Jesus is Lord, that he died for our sins, and that God raised them from the dead. Amen? The outward confession with our words is reflection of what we believe in our hearts. He says, when we believe with our hearts, we are justified. Justified means that justice had been served. We are declared or made righteous in the sight of God. When we confess and repent of our sins and trust Christ, that he stood in our place and took the punishment that we deserve, we can legally stand clean and pure in front of holy God. I hope my accent... I need extra grace because last three years I was preaching in Croatian. <laughs> but... We can stand right now, right now, if you are washed with the blood of Christ, you stand clean and righteous in front of God. God, holy God, sees you, dear friend, as his son right now in these verses we have read right here in God's Word we see the door opened given by God to all people who are desperate lonely lost without hope without meaning without purpose here we see the gift of God's mercy Pardon, salvation, 
second chance, new life given to all, Jew and Gentile. In Mark 1.15, Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 1 John 1.9, but if we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive us all our sins and purify us from all our wrongdoing. All of our wrongdoing. So we see that if you confess your sin before God, enter his grace and forgiveness, follow him, you will be saved, and his word will dwell in you. His word will dwell in you. So what happens when a man enters through this gate, the gospel of Jesus Christ? What happened? Well, pretty amazing thing happened. Brother and sister, you, ordinary woman, ordinary man, become a voice of God, messenger, a body of Christ. The living gospel that had saved you is now given to you and dwells in you. In verse 13, Paul closes this part of his plea to believe in the gospel with these words. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And in the next section, verses 14-15, he asked several questions to the reader that will get you to see how God is using his church believers in Christ to go. This leads me to point number two, the amazing privilege. The privilege to go and share the gospel, how God sent myself, my wife, to the world. The privilege to stay and share the gospel. Exact place where God had placed you. Both people, redeemed by God's saving grace. And it is the privilege that we are able to share the same truth that saved our souls for eternity. And how are we going to do this, dear church? Words. It's amazing that something we take for granted, something we use every day, becomes so ordinary. Our words, communication. We have conversations, we speak, we ask, we answer, we talk. We speak about sports, politics, music, friends. We text, we email, we blog. We have become expressionist, extraordinary. And we have bit to say to the world around us, and we will. Words we use for granted are just simply part of life, right? But those words come from our hearts. 
and it's through the words of men that you can see the state of her or his heart. So whatever your heart is focused on, whatever dwells in your heart, whatever captures your heart will come out through the words. So what are you going to do about it? Friend, ask yourself, what stops you from talking about Jesus and sharing him to someone you know needs to hear gospel? Is it shame? Is it lack of compassion? Is it fear? Is it laziness? Has our love and passion for Christ cooled off a little bit? Complacent? I don't care. Are we too comfortable? If our hearts are not set on the kingdom of God and the things of God, what will our mouths speak? If our minds and our eyes are not fixed on Jesus Christ, His gracious love and mercy towards us daily, filling our hearts and minds with the Scripture, what will come out of our mouth? Is Paul stirring mission? Is Paul stirring us here to share the gospel? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, he is. If we truly want to be used by God to proclaim the gospel, to speak with the power of the Holy Spirit, to preach the good news of what He has done in our lives, we ourselves must have our hearts fixed on Christ first and on what He has done for us. Is the good news truly still good news to you? When others encounter us, is Christ oozing out of you? Has our love for Christ grown cold? Or is He still the true burning desire of our hearts to worship Him, love Him, and serve Him? This is the key. Our own closeness to Christ is what will cause our mouth to speak. Our own closeness to Jesus Christ will cause our mouth to speak about Him. Acts 4.20 says, For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And dear church, I know you've seen and I know you heard personally. Personally in your lives, but in the church. We have seen God's hand physically. Friend, if, you, if your heart has grown cold toward the gospel, if your heart has grown cold towards the gospel, or you maybe just a little cool down from the message that saved your soul, do not be discouraged. The Lord is calling you first to come to Him and drink deeply from the well of life. He will restore you. If you need He will restore you. He will forgive you. He will comfort you. 
He's calling you to come back to him. Your first love is right there next to you. He will restore you to the full joy of gospel. And when he does, my friend, run to the streets. Share. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. And if your cup is already full and you're taking in Jesus, brother and sister, you possess the greatest gift ever given to mankind. You possess the treasure in a jar of clay. The mystery of God, the mystery of gospel lays in you, lies in you. And you are called to proclaim the hope you have in Christ. May God spur you with faith, boldness, and perseverance to do so. God's Word, God's Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, dear friend. And listen what God's Word says about those who proclaim the Gospel message. Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Remember the importance and effect of the good news of that Greek man from the beginning of the sermon, those three words of the uh, good news of victory done by man? Dear church, I pray that all of us understand the importance and effect of the good news you are carrying in your hearts. Three words that Jesus spoke on the cross. It is finished. The good news of victory done by God himself. For each man, woman, and child who repents and follow him. The gospel of Jesus Christ is victory of eternal salvation, freedom and hope that can never change. Never change. Dear church, I pray that we have, that we have the passion, zeal, and sense of importance like that running Greek. So how does this privilege, beauty, blessings of sharing this gospel look like? Well, personally, for Jen, myself, and our six children, we are ordinary people. I am not a super pastor. I am not a great theologian. I am not a mighty preacher. I am an ordinary dad and a husband. But I'm a wretched sinner saved by grace for eternity. And because of that truth, my life does not belong to me. It was bought with the blood of the Holy God, and everything I am and everything mine belongs to Him. It is all His. He created me. He saved me. 
He gave me a new life, and he had placed that good news in my heart to share. And when I had obeyed that command, 2016, and I have seen, I have seen and witnessed miracles and mighty hand of God in person when he was saving his children through his word. And when I asked those questions in verses 14 and 15, as the Lord was leading us to go back to Croatia after 16 years in States, I knew the answer to those questions. Remember those questions at the beginning? How will Croatians believe in the one they have not heard? Who will tell them the gospel? Who will bring the gospel to them? I knew I was being called to them. You know what was their response after sharing the gospel every time? I have never heard this before. It wasn't Mario, it wasn't Jen. It was God working through our obedience. And that was amazing privilege and beauty to witness the effect of gospel among people in Croatia. And before I share some slides about work in Croatia, I want to encourage you on this. Brothers and sisters, friends, you have been placed on a mission field right here, right now. And the need is plenty. As soon as you leave this church door, there is brokenness. There is despair. And you have the hope. So what are you going to do with it? Go home and put it in a closet? We can't. It's not ours to keep. So please pray to the Lord of Harvest, God Almighty, to save the people you see every day. And do not be surprised if the answer to your own prayers is you. It's usually how it works. Through ordinary people who live and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, God brings the hope joy, and new life to the lost souls. Hebrew 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God let's give it our best we only have one life and that word is in you I would like to share some slides, if, if, if it's able, from Croatia last past three years. Thank you very much, heroes. So 2005, God called us to Croatia to share gospel, to do church plan, to establish 
local church. Next slide, please. So Croatia is Eastern Europe, uh, ex-Yugoslavia. In the 90s, there was war for independence. Five-year war devastated country, economically, morally. Just uh, right now, even 25, 30 years later, uh, the country is still recovering from that. The corruption is high, and young people are leaving Croatia uh, to Germany, Ireland. Croatia is 90% Roman Catholic and 0.35% Evangelical Christian. So 90% Roman Catholic, and it's nothing uh, 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 faith-based. It's all about tradition. If you're Croatian, you're Catholic. If you're Catholic, you're Croatian. There's no faith. It's not about gospel. Next slide, please. So after 15, 16 years living in the United States, living American dream, and we did live American dream. Great careers. My kids were born here with a home, uh, with a pool, and all that great stuff. But God has called us to go back. In 2016, Ascending Church, Christ Community Church, sent us out. And since, just since we landed down there in, in, in Croatia, South Croatia, we started preaching, sharing. Over 100 people heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I preached in six cities. Um, it's a privilege to disciple the whole families. And then later, the Lord saves them. And then even better. Next slide, please. And even better, after, you know, the Lord saves them and then... We baptized them, the whole families, in Adriatic Sea. This is one of those special moments in the last three years. Next slide, please. So after one year on the field, God led us to the town of Zaprešić. It's a city connected to the capital of Croatia. Uh, Zaprešić has 60,000 people, has no evangelical church in there. And um, just a privilege right now to be there in that dark place. Next slide, please. And then, Jen and I, and our now six children, so we went church planting international alone, right? Small task. But then God brought us team. So as we moved to Zaprešić, there was a local family who God saved 15 years ago, Drago and Vesta. And uh, 15 years they are praying for a church so they can enjoy this while we're enjoying every Sunday and through the week. 15 years of prayer. God brought us. It is what it is. Um, but he and her are just faithful servants. He's our worship leader right now. And they, they didn't miss Thursday or Sunday for two years. Also, not a local family, Dragan and Brankitsa. We met them a couple of years ago, and God worked with their heart to move and to come to the city of Zaprašić and, and join us in work. Now, again, let me, let me repeat. Croatia is 0.35% evangelical Christian. So that is a miracle. Last year, uh, another couple from our church, Daniel and Caitlin, missionaries long term they just moved there they just had a baby two weeks ago they want to be Croatian they want to love Croatians and they want to share the gospel so they're there to stay so again from being alone on the field to having this team around us 
it's amazing. Next slide, please. So when we started reaching Zaprashic two years ago, God opened a door for this space, location, in the center of the city. It was a hair salon before, but location was amazing because the, 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 that spot, the location, is surrounded with these old communist buildings, you know, hundreds of apartments uh, all around, and we are right there in the center. So when we are doing our Sunday service, or Thursday fellowship, we open our door, we open our windows, and we just share. We preach, and, and we sing gospel-centered music, and we know there's hundreds of people up there listening to us. You can see the heads peeking out. Now, this location also allowed us to be, have a presence in community. Um, people are sending their grandkids now down. They are, not, they are afraid to go yet, but, you know, they're sending their kids and grandkids to come. And through the week, we have regular visitors that just want to read Bible. You know, they, they, they saw the difference. They hear the difference. So they, they sneak through the week, through, my, through the office, and I'm able to share the, the Bible with them, coffee, prayer, and um, they just keep coming. They're still afraid to commit because there is a price of being a Christian in Croatia. Next slide, please. So there we were. Church was established. 20 members in Croatia. Brothers and sisters, this is a mega church. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Next slide, please. We meet every Thursday. We meet every Sunday. Two years right now, I had the privilege of discipling this group, reaching a community. And right now, we're at the sweet spot of just going out. God allow us two years to build together for clear vision, friendship, and just now we're ready to go hit some streets of Zaprašić and Zagreb. Next slide, please. Living together as a church, that's a key. Not just Sunday, not just Thursday. And we have shown that through the people around us. They have noticed the laughter. They have noticed how we share in pain and good days and bad days. And they don't understand. Church is not Sunday. So living, we had a privilege right now living lives to really some bad circumstances all together. Next slide, please. In 2018, after 10 months of denial, we were able to establish a nonprofit organization. This allowed us to be legally, in, in the eyes of the government, we have legal right to preach the gospel and do what we're doing. So we're not afraid anymore. We're not afraid, but concerned. Next slide, please. In the same time, we're able to translate some really good gospel-centered songs, which in that part of the world are just a gift. So we're already sharing this with the other uh, Christians in the area. Next slide, please. Now, I share the blessings with you, but at the same time, I'm going to share some really heavy challenges. Uh, next slide, please. So in the last three years, we were kicked out of our home three times, family of six. We were physically threatened at our home. 
we were homeless for two months, six kids. Uh, we're not welcome there. The darkness is huge. So on one side, we have received these threats and, and just persecution, not just us, the members of our church. And again, there's a price of being Christian in Croatia. Some of our members have to hide because their job was threatened because they're coming to a cult, which that's what they see us, as a cult. Also, I tried to apply to uh, six banks to get a mortgage so we are able to get something so we don't get kicked out again because of what I do. And um, because the last landlord said, um, I don't want any of prayer or meetings or worship whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I don't want to have, I don't want you to have any visitors or guests in the home. So for, he forbid us completely to have any guests. So the need is there to really, we got to find something. And uh, six banks, every single bank I went to, I have a good credit, I, have, I can prove the pay. But as soon as my job description came, evangelical pastor, denied. In the same time, Jen, uh, because of me, I'm a dual citizen, she was supposed to get a citizenship right away. Excuse me. So for now, three years, she's just constantly getting denied and denied and denied. And it's because what we do. We're not welcome there. Next slide, please. But God, it was one month before this trip to States where we came to share what God has done. One month before this trip, the bank number seven I went to visit approved the mortgage. And we were able to buy a home and have a stability. In the same time, same month, one month before this trip, Jen was approved for citizenship. So we didn't have to worry about that. That's right. And did I mention we got two babies on a mission field? We came, we went with four, and we got two more. Uh, that's a blessing. But that's a blessing. That's a gift. That's an instant reward. We're going to mission? Oh, here's a reward. Next slide, please. As I reflect the last three years, I can definitely say this. These were the hardest three years of my life. And these were the sweetest three years of my life in the same. I can't explain. It's an amazing privilege to go to the land of Croatia and uh, for something we prayed for 11 years, to share the gospel and then see God saving his children and bringing them home in a church that he has established. It's an amazing privilege to see that. So I want to personally say, and in the name of Church of God's Grace Croatia, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for everything you have done because we will not be able to do this. It is to the partnership what we enjoy in sovereign grace. It is because of your prayers for the last three years. I can tell you right now, there were some impossible circumstances that we were in, 
and it was clearly to the prayers of saints right here behind us that we were able, or God worked through those. Spurgeon said once, tell me the moment before it was preaching, tell me the moment you're gonna stop praying for me, that's the day I'm gonna stop preaching. We need your prayers. And my family and my church, our God's church in Croatia needs your prayers. So keep praying for us. Thank you so much, and God bless you.